Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back. Episode 2 of the Screen the Screener podcast where we preview all things college basketball. I'm Mike Randall, joined again by Gus Kearns. Gus, good to have you back. Uh, good evening, everybody, or good morning, or good afternoon. Whenever you should be enjoying uh, the Screen the Screener podcast, we're happy to have you aboard. And we hope you enjoyed our last preview. We got through about 10 of the top 32 teams. Uh, yeah, we were a little ambitious uh, with our preview, so we just want to continue that ambition and uh, hopefully give you uh, 10 or so more teams in this particular episode uh, that you can look forward to and uh, you know improve your intelligence on. And before we begin, I think we got some thank yous, guys, oh, right? Oh, yeah, big thank yous. Uh, first, thank you. If you like your intro or your outro music uh, for Screen the Screener, go ahead over to iTunes and check out Bell Jar, B-E-L-J-A-R. And there'll be a whole bunch of other tunes in there from the catalog. Uh, you know, support the program. And I think the other uh, the other uh, department we need to thank is the Screen to Screener Technology Department. Technology. Thank you, Technology Department, for your help getting the Screen to Screener podcast up and running and in your ears, folks. Yeah, Belger, great job with our music. We appreciate it. Definitely give them a listen. And our Technology Department that supported us the whole way through, we, we thank you. So, listen, we're, we're heading into – practices are in high gear. We're heading into the season, so we're excited about the previews that we're going to give you today. We're going to whip through a lot of teams, um, a lot of mid-majors, a lot of big-time teams as well. We're headed to sort of our top 25-ish teams that we see coming in. Yeah, we're getting there. We're getting there little by little. Um, and like, uh, like Mike Randall said earlier on the first episode, we are not biased by location, are we? No. no. Uh, so the first place we're going to go – West Coast. Yeah. And you could call us location agnostic because we don't really believe in a location. Basketball transcends America, and that's what the Screen the Screener podcast wants to do. We really are basketball vagabonds, and we're hoping that this preview really speaks to that. Uh, so the first place we're going to go is out to California. We're going to go straight to the Bears, and uh, we want to say uh, a little NBA talk here. Uh, we really loved Jalen Brown last year, and I think like he, he could be like a Dwayne Wade-type player for them. I think they really nailed that pick. Yeah, no doubt. Last year, Gus, uh, California, 23-11, and 11, tied for third in the Pac-12. They were tied with Arizona. Basically, California was the team last year, right? They were a top-15 team until that Las Vegas Invitational over Thanksgiving. They lost back-to-back games to San Diego State and Richmond. Mm-hmm. That dropped them out of the rankings. Um, but then they got hot in February. They reeled off seven wins in a row in conference. Got healthy. They lost in the Pac-12 semis. Great game to Utah, 82-78 in the semifinals. Right? Uh, great game. That was a great tournament in general, but that game was definitely a highlight. Had trouble with Jakob, okay, which is understandable. <laughs> Correct, um, the big man. And then they lost to that Hawaii team, um, and that's unfortunate. That was when Ty Wallace uh, had a broken hand in practice and missed the game. Correct. Um, he, in- injuries beset them, and then they also had uh, other issues going into that game that limited them uh, and limited their roster. They still played valiantly, but, I mean, they were victims of the upset. L- yeah, lost to that ve- that really tough Hawaii team, um, hitting those threes, and I'll tell Love you. Love Valdez. Yeah, Valdez, absolutely, and Bob it too, right? Absolutely. And, and I, I think one of the teams that sort of wiped their brow, if you will, was Kansas, because I think Kansas, California, if they were at full strength with Wallace, that's a talent-on-talent matchup. So they were kind of relieved, I think, that Cal went out early. Talent gap was minimal there, if you're Kansas looking at that game. Yeah, minimal. D- yeah definitely. So what, who do we got for players? Uh, so I think what we, what we wanted to do first was um, just say, like, give props to Bonzi. He always brings in players. He did it his last couple of years at Tennessee, uh, and it's no different now. 
Um, a whole bunch of people have Ivan Rab on their All-American teams coming in. Sure. Yeah. Right, rightly so. Super talented. Um, borderline lottery pick uh, and then came back this year. So, I mean, I mean, if you're not going to start with him, where do you start? Right. Um, so a whole, bunch of te- a whole bunch of places, prognostications, are calling him for first-team All-American. Uh, we hope he is. But maybe we just don't see it. We think people are getting a little too eager. I smell some foul trouble. I smell not enough help on the offensive end. I even smell a little bit of a sophomore sophomore slump with Ivan Rab. Um, you heard it here first on Screen the Screener. Soft slump early for Rab, and then he rallies later. You guys, these Gus prognostications are one of my favorite parts. You had three last time, and, and honestly, I'm with you. I'm a Missouri guy, the show-me state. I need to see it. For, I know the talent's there with Rab, but I want to see it first. Um, and then the next player, uh, as far as, as you, know, you say show-me and talent, is has to be the enigmatic Jabari Bird. Yeah. He was big time coming in. Huge, Huge talent. Yeah. Um, and he just had the toughest time finding his way. He was stuck behind Brown last year. Kind of played the same position. Same thing with kind of Ty Wallace took his minutes as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know what? We hope that Bird finds his way this year and has a giant year and gets some NBA looks. And if nothing else, he'll have the playing time available at the position that he's the most successful in this year to make that happen. Yeah, definitely. I, Cal has the talent, right? I mean, they're Pac-12. There's definitely an East Coast bias that occurs, right? So a lot of the, the East Coast aren't going to see those games. Cal was a talented, talented team. That was a tough break with Wallace last year in the NCAA tournament. Um, and Wallace is one of those cool, uh, like unique, tall point guard, do every, do a little bit of everything players mm-hmm. that you lo- kind of loved watching. Tough and, matchup. Yeah. And then, you know, then enjoying like picking through the box score of like all the things that he did last year. Sure, of course. Um, so the, I, I think what we're going to try to do next is we're going to give you um, four more teams in a group. And the reason we grouped these four teams together was their coaching. And we felt like these four coaches at any time would be just at home on the NBA sideline, not just the NCAA sideline. Coaching matters. Uh, first place you got to start, UConn. I mean, isn't it just a matter of time before Ali takes a look? Yeah, you know, and it's funny. Ali took over for Calhoun, right? So I think the instinct, and I know it was mine, so Kevin, I'm apologizing uh, on the Screen Screener podcast to you, is that there's just going to be a drop-off, right? But he's won a national championship, okay? Last, and last year, they were sort of down most of the year. Six in the AAC, American Athletic Conference, 25-11 and 11 overall. Kind, kind of just snuck in as a 10 seed. He is exactly right. 11-7 and seven in conference. They got as high as 18, but they lost in the battle for Atlantis in November. They lost to Syracuse and Gonzaga back-to-back, which, by the way, proved that Syracuse and Gonzaga pretty good, right? Right. I mean, if we go look at the Sweet 16 from last year, boom, there's Syracuse, there's Gonzaga. And they just were under the radar because I guess you expected them to be as good as they were in the championship year, so they were very up and down. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, But Ali always gets them ready. He, the guy is a professional player in the NBA, played for, I don't know how many teams, eight teams, ten teams? Um, and he got them ready. They were a five seed in the conference tournament, and who can forget... The thrilling, multiple buzzer beater, four overtime game oh. against Cincinnati, 104-97. Then they crushed Temple, 77-62, and then they crushed Memphis in the title game. Yeah, uh, so they got the automatic bid. And, I, man, can we just go back to that game for a second? That call was top shelf with Len Elmore. Oh, uh, it was well done. He was yes. so yeah. into that oh, game. so good. And so then good. we got to kind of see, like, the first guy we'll look at, like, grow up in front of our eyes, like Jalen Adams. Mm-hmm. He mm-hmm. had a total coming of age and, like, was going toe-to-toe. Uh, 
with uh, Troy Kapan from that, from from Cincy. Yeah, the Cal- Toto was it, and that was an early game. It was like a twelve o'clock game or one o'clock game. Yeah, it was right? it was it was that game like when you came home from yeah. work and it was that Isn't was the game yet? that happened to, happened <laughs> to be on and you hear Len Elmore getting all excited and yeah. then you're like oh, I can't I'm I'm so riveted I can't leave the team. How is this game still on? Right, and that's, yeah, it was, it, was, it was a great time. And totally they, underrated game in the AC, AAC tournament. Yeah, they like you said they won that eight nine game. They beat Colorado seventy four sixty seven and of course they bowed out to Kansas. No shame there in the second. Uh, no, uh, a ton of people had. Kansas winning the whole thing last mm-hmm. year, um, so that was going to be a you know a hurdle and a, a giant bear to tackle for them anyway. Um, so we talked about Jalen Adams; he's going to be back. He's going to run the point probably. If not, they're going to have the ball in his hands a ton. Mm-hmm. Um, also, they have back Rodney Purvis, six yeah, uh, four, yeah. kind of do it everything guy. Yep. Uh, he's going to be the senior leader. He won't be asked to do too much as the returning scorer because of the talent. That's going to be on the perimeter with him. Mm-hmm. Um, then throw into the mix, you have like this Shabazz, Napier, uh, uh, wannabe guy, uh, Gilbert. He's under six feet. Mm-hmm. He's a frosh. I bet he finds his way on the court during crunch time about midseason mm-hmm. uh, for Ali. And then um, under the radar guy, you heard it here first on screen to screener. This guy's going to show up. He's going to put it up. He's going to make big shots. He's going to play big time for them. Terry Larier from VCU. He's a transfer. He's 6'8". He can stretch the floor. The dude can play. Now you know where they're going to get some big minutes uh, at the forward spot in UConn. If you, it's a great point. If you, if you heard our first podcast, guys, you know that we love the transfers, right? We're talking about Marcus Foster transferring. Uh, yeah. Um, to, they're they're going to have a big impact. Yeah, to Creighton. And, I mean, Larier is from the Bronx, okay? Super soft from VCU, so another big-time program. Brime is back. Um, Ali does. Brahm is enormous. Yeah, Brahm is enormous. <laughs> this this is a team to watch. I mean, this is a team that I think is is going to be in the mix the whole year. Yeah, if we can keep Brahm out of foul trouble, uh, have those uh, perimeter players that we all mentioned mesh on the perimeter and kind of share the ball, uh, not have one of them dominate it too much. Like they're going to be an issue. Yeah, De- definitely an issue. Probably preseason favorite to win the AAC. Uh, that's a good call. Very good call. Uh, next place we're going to go uh, for coaches who would be just fine on the NBA sideline. Have to mention last year's sweethearts, Oklahoma. Um, Lon has coached in the league before, had success in the league at, at Atlanta, has also coached other places in the NCAA, had success there. The buddy train has finally left the station. And he might have one more run at the NBA afterwards, but maybe he'll stay put in Oklahoma. We're not sure. Um but maybe it'll come sooner than we think. We're not sure. But the, so the one player we're going to take a look at, we, we, we're not going to like rehash like Buddy's incredible season and the insane numbers that he put up. Um, but the one player that comes back that Buddy ran with last year was uh, Jordan Woodard. Um, he's the senior point guard. And we know that senior point guards are worth what, like a win every season? No, it controls the floor. And in that conference, when you're talking about the Big 12, you need to have guards. And we do have a theory here on this podcast that when the star player leaves, the team maintains success. Uh, I I don't have a metric that proves that out, but do not think that Oklahoma is going down the drink because Buddy's not there, as great as he was. Um, London is sixth season. has done a great job in Oklahoma. 29-8 last year, 12-6 in the Big 12, third overall behind West Virginia and Kansas, who we'll get to. Um, they did reach number one overall on January 18th, but then they lost at Iowa State Hilton Magic. Who right? doesn't? All right, 82-77. Uh, 
lost in the Big 12 20 to West Virginia. That was uh, Buddy Heald did not score a field goal in that game until 9.43 yeah. left in he, the second half. Yeah, he did not make a basket in the first half. And then he had that one at the half-court chuck at the buzzer, which yes. just did not leave his hand in time. The West Virginia fans, I think, actually applauded him for that. That's how good that was. But And it, how much respect he, he had uh, throughout the conference. Great, Yeah, great competitor. Um, and then in the West Virginia game, yeah, right before that, Page had hit that floater to put him up 69-67. Um, so that was a great back-and-forth ending. They did make the Final Four. They crushed Cal State Bakersfield, VCU, Texas A&M, and then they took care of number one seed, Oregon. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they Very just, talented Oregon. Team. Very talented. Yeah. Made it easy. And then they just got blitzed by our defending champions, uh, Villanova, 95 Which 51. was a turnaround from the early season result that they yeah. faced when on they the, faced each other earlier. On the carrier. Yeah. On the carrier game. Um, yeah. So, I mean, we talked about that, like, flip around uh, game a little bit with mm-hmm. Notre Dame and UNC, yeah. where, where Notre Dame mm-hmm. got their doors blown up and then came back with, like, a valiant effort. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, Oklahoma totally switched. Yeah, and 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 actually didn't just play valiantly. They went went ahead and like you know they they almost didn't show up. You remember that game? I mean, it was Houston, right? So that's shooting in the dome, which is always the problem. Tough, tough for shooters sometimes. And we were talking going in that game. I remember thinking like they're going to struggle except for Buddy. Buddy's going to be the one who won't struggle. Yet Nova was on fire, and they just put him away right away. It was yeah. really just – the game was out of control. Seven minutes in, two timeouts in. Yeah. You, you were thinking, like, can they just make a game out of this? Yeah. yeah. Um, and just to finish up on Oklahoma, so, you know, we said, like, the senior point guard is worth a win. I think Woodard's worth two. I think he's that good. Could be. Yeah. Um, he's going to see a ton of double teams. He's going to see a ton of running jumps to get the ball out of his hands early. But I bet the ball finds his way back to him after he gets it out of his hands. Mm-hmm. And he's going to make some big shots for Oklahoma. And they have impact players returning. Kadeem Latin did a great job inside. Good, good point. Good um, big man. And Buford had some big time shots. I remember he came in. He Buford's, was like, Buford's a good athlete. He was like the sixth man, the yeah. first guard, you know, guard forward off the bench sort of thing. And he hit some nice shots for them. So they have talent coming back. Kruger's going to be fine. Uh, next place we're going to go to to further uh, the, the the screen the screener basketball vagabond uh, 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 view that we have we are going all the way back out to the west coast and we are going to hit St Mary's I love the state of Washington <laughs> we love St Mary's because they have everyone back yeah gonna everyone be, gonna be a problem. Um, and also, they're riding the wave of like Delhi's like forty-ish million dollar contract. Yeah, that's right. He signed with the Bucks, right? Yeah. That's right. Yeah. I mean, if you're St. Mary's, how are you not like propping that up everywhere? Seriously. And saying like, hey, our Australian point guard just got forty million from an NBA team. Good for him. Hard work pays off. Good for him. Yeah. So Delhi. happy for Delhi. So happy for St. Mary's. Uh, happy that the Bucks have him as well. Yeah. Um, so we feel like the sky is the limit for the Gales this year. We want to bring Waldo back, bring Sam Ham back, right? Bring all those big guys back. Uh, the big uh, guys got to eat. You know him. he's got to eat. Um, so when we say, when Screen the Screener says that they are loaded, they're loaded. Here we go. Joe Rahan. Imagine if he stayed with Ryan Anderson at BC. That would be a crazy team, but they transferred out. Yep. Um, Rohan is like a he's Rohan's like a do everything guy. He's a little bit like uh, uh, Vestoria we mentioned from Notre Dame. A little bit along no those one, lines. I'll say it again. No one loves Steve Vestoria more than I do. Sorry. Give, give you know give us the uh, give us the ten boards. Uh, give it give us the ten points, four boards, four assists, a steal, and you're you know Dean up on the the, the other team's uh, biggest defensive uh, offensive threat uh, on the wing. Um, we love uh, Dane Pino. 6'9", from, you guessed it, Australia. Why not? 
<laughs> pipeline. Uh, he averaged over eight boards, and he can shoot the three, too. I mean, he shot a decent percentage from three. Uh, Emmett Nahr, another Aussie point guard. Tremendous player. Who can play. Um, we're going to go screen the screen prognostication. Yeah. First team all WCC. Very Goran Dragic, Dragic from the NBA, yes. right? I feel. Same yeah. type of player. Uh, not necessarily a ton of lift, but very crafty yeah. with the ball yeah. in motion. Mm-hmm. Um, so we feel like he could even be, you ready for this? Go for it. 50% from the field, 40% from three. 90% from the line. Very hard to do in, in any level, especially Division One college. So Buddy was like tickling that last year. We feel like NAR could get in the neighborhood of that as well. Um, so just keep an eye on those numbers. Um, and uh, Calvin Hermanson, uh, you're asking, why are we mentioning four Gales? Screen the screener just wants you to know he will have big moments. I bet he hits a huge game winner on the road in one of those like uh, Friday games where you're, you're on the road, you're kind of not into it, it's a close game, and boom, who's hitting the game winner? Who's hitting the game winner? It's going to be Hermanson for, for the Gales. I'm going to call it now. I think St. Mary's is, is winning the division. Uh, they were 20, they were West Coast Conference. They were 29 and 6 overall. They were tied for first in the WCC. They lost in the finals to Gonzaga 85 75 in a game that really may have cost them two bids because they did not get in. Absolutely. If they win that game, Gonzaga has cred in the tournament. I think Gonzaga gets an at large. So I feel like there's just a gut on my part. You have right. to ask the committee. Maybe they'll come on the screen screener. I think they would have been in. They ended up making the NIT, and they lost in the quarterfinals uh, against Valpo in the one-two game in that in that Valpo. And region. you could have argued that Valpo could have made it as an at-large as well. True. Like you could have went that direction as well. Um, and that was a precarious situation for the WCC because Gonzaga had lost a couple of those uh, yeah. games that they usually take so down true. early in the season. They were kind of on the fence too, so it was it was almost like a no-win situation for the whole conference in general. Yeah, I think St. Mary's takes the whole thing this year. Randy Bennett's going to his 15th year. Great job right there. Um, so, yeah, we, 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 we think that they're going to do big things with all their guys back. Uh, the next place we're going to go is one of my favorite stops. Has to be one of my favorite stops. Let's go straight to Dayton. Uh, Dayton. The Flyers. Uh, the re- uh, you know, we love Dayton because it's, it's home of the first four. We're big fans of the first four games. Uh, we love that there's a little basketball to watch on uh, Tuesdays and Wednesdays oh, for that so first it's a for that great, week. That is part of the tournament. Those yeah. are not playing games. That is the NCAA tournament right there, in my opinion. Uh, you you got to love that the little guys have a chance to win a game. And then yeah. you got to love that, like, uh, um, you know, those 10, 11, or 12 seeds, wherever, they, wherever the, the selection committee seeds them, has a chance to move on and, and uh, pull that upset, that 5-12 upset. So much fun. Uh, but Dayton as a team loves Archie Miller. We think he would be comfortable on any sideline, anywhere, coaching almost any sport. That's how highly we think of Archie Miller. What do you think that Thanksgiving table's like with Sean and Archie? You think they're just like battling? No, this is how you break the one three one. No, this is my better press breaker. I mean, it's just a family tree there. I, I, I think they may not even get together for Thanksgiving because they'd be busy coaching. You think you're going to junk me, Sean? <laughs> so uh, we here at Screen the Screener love Arch and what he's doing with the Flyers. He even brought in a JMU Dukes transfer oh. this past year with big success. And honestly, we placed Miller like kind of on the Mark Few shelf. Mm-hmm. Amazing program, great coach that couldn't get out of the way of the revenge game with Bayheim. If yeah. you remember, like when they made that uh, uh, run to the Elite Eight, who they mm-hmm. upset? The Orange. Oh yeah, they got through the yeah. So they, they they were almost in like a no win situation last year. Yep. They had the angry Bayheim coming off the suspension. Mm-hmm. They Bayheim had in the back of his mind, oh these guys beat us and made the run to the Elite Eight that we could have made. It's like 
they almost had no hope last year in that matchup. I felt like it was just a really bad matchup for Dayton. Yeah, I feel, Gus, like their whole season went off the skids when Pollard hurt his knee. They were tw- yeah. They, they were twenty four and six overall, fourteen and four in the eight ten. They were tied with VCU, right? Lost in the eight ten semis to St. Joe's, but they did win fifteen out of sixteen games. That's a big run in December from December until February. Mm-hmm. They got as high ranked as fifteen, and then when they got to fifteen, yep. Pollard went out with the knee injury. Yep. They lost back to back games. Um, they made the NCAA tournament three years in a row. Uh, so the one other thing that we want to mention about Dayton is. Um, Dayton will be good again, and we just want to send like our thoughts, our prayers, Steve McElvain and family and the Dayton basketball family. The whole nation is Absolutely. going to be rooting for you this 100%. season. Embrace it. Uh, make it part of your pregame. Just embrace the love that you're going to receive um, across the nation, uh, Dayton basketball family, and uh, you know our thoughts are with you. Our thoughts are with you also, and and that that is that's what this is about feed off the positive energy and that's what we do um and all the best to Dayton great team we love them uh so the guys that we're going to talk about super fast uh, we got to start with Charles Cook my JMU guy um 15 points per game unafraid of any big team anywhere Arch really seems to trust him we do too uh of course we have to mention Pollard 6'6 guy who camps out in the post and just works over school, other schools' bigger players down there. He does all the dirty work. He sets the screen. He gets that, like, seventh rebound that you're looking for. Um, he has way lesser stats, but such an important player for the Flyers. And every coach would love this dude on their team Definitely. during crunch time. And last guy, one of my favorite college basketball players. I'll say it. Scoochie! Scoochie Smith. Alliteration. We love Scoochie Smith. Screen the Screener has lots of favorites, but we may have found the top of the list with this guy. He's a true uh, New York City point guard. He's as savvy as they come, as smooth as they come, and definitely as tough as they come. If he's not all A ten, I don't know what is. Yeah, you're gonna. I mean, you're gonna give you're gonna give Archie Miller a team with Cook, who's a senior, Pollard, who's a senior, Scoochie's a senior. Um, Kyle Davis, the glue guy in the backcourt, a senior. Underrated guy. This team, folks, will be in the top 20. They will be there all year. They are well coached. They do a great job. They're not afraid of the big moment. Definitely keep them on your radar. Uh, one last Dayton thought. Next year, he's not eligible this year. They have mini Greek freak coming in. Oh. Oh. Um, and Also got quite the contract from the Bucks as well, by the way. I, I, I mean, to talk about big money. Rolling money in Milwaukee, I guess. <laughs> Um, and Arch never rushes his big men. See Sam Miller. So he will take good care of Mini Greek Freak once he's eligible to play. Yeah, this uh, right now I think they're favorites for the A-10. Um, we love Dayton. We'll see, we'll see you in the season. Uh, we, yeah, we can't get enough of Dayton. Uh, do you want to hit another, hit another group of teams up? Let's go. Okay, so the next group of teams that we're going to take a look at, the next group of four, are simply your favorite Cinderella's. These are the guys that you've gotten to know the past seven, eight, nine years because – when you're filling out that bracket, you always seem to give them a game or two, no matter where they are seated, no matter who they are playing. Yep. You love these guys. You just don't know how much you love them, and we're just going to spread that love right now. So first place we're going to go has to be Butler. Butler, uh, unfortunately, has the, the, the news of Brad Stevens is not walking back through that door. No, he's not. He's not. But uh, Rick, can you give us some help on that? Larry Bird's not walking through that door. Thank you, Rick. We appreciate that. So even even though they were a road win away at Nova on the road, Palestra, a tough place to play, 
for the outright Big East season uh, championship. It was like a five-ish point game with like five-ish minutes to play. They were playing very well. Um, they're not that far off. We know that Dunham and our boy Rosie Jones are gone, but they still have uh, Kellen Martin, sure, uh, all Big East guy, and Andrew Sharabas. Yeah. Uh, points points for saying that properly. Very uh, good. We're really trying to practice that. Um, uh, we like both those guys coming back. We think both of those players are going to be all Big East performers, um, health willing, and we think that Butler is going to be a factor the whole season. I mean, we, I mean, of course, Villanova is going to be the favorite as a returning champ uh, overall in the NCAA, but we feel like Butler is going to make some noise. Yeah, I, this is this is Holtzman's third year. Okay, so I feel like Holtman has his team. It's finally his team in the Big East Conference. They're twenty two and eleven last year overall. 10 and 8 in conference. They got as high as number 9. Mm-hmm. And then they had back-to-back losses. Kind of a theme so far in this episode. Um, to Providence and at Creighton, which dropped them out of the, the top 25. And then they lost the 5-4 uh, Big East tournament battle with, with Providence in the in the tournament. And, you know, if you're playing Providence and, and Chris Dunn and you're dropping mm-hmm. a game there, like, that, that, that's, a, that's talent outclassing talent. Yeah. That's and, what that is. And, and we're going to see what Holtman has this year because they're only predicted middle of the pack. You know, they got Nova, Xavier, Creighton, Seton Hall will be tough. Marquette's better. Um, so I'm not sure where they're going to fall. It's a tough place to play. You go out to Hinkle. We know that. Um, but I, 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 they're just a strong program. Stevens has established the tradition, but it's Holtman's team now. Uh, next place we go, we've already mentioned them. We have to hit up Gonzaga. We love the West Coast. We love Mark Few. And we love our Zags. Um, it's funny how folks were like doubting the Sags last year, and then boom, look who's back in the Sweet 16 again. Yep, yep. The, even though they were 11 seed, they Wil- found their way. Wilcher, oh gosh, <laughs> big numbers, big numbers. Love Wilcher. Uh, Mark Few is as special as they come, and he somehow he gets guys to transfer there all the time now. Yeah, I mean, you mentioned Wilcher. We got William Nigel Goss from Washington, the point guard. We got uh, Wesley Matthews. The, the, the three specialists from Cal. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, we don't want to forget uh, the Missouri, Johnny Williams, yeah. from uh, the big man from uh, Missouri. Yeah. So he has three like major league transfers there this year alone. Smart move by few. So, you know, certainly he's, he's entering his 18th year, right? So he's been very successful. Which is crazy if you think about crazy. it. Crazy. 18th year. Sustained success in college coaching. We've said it last podcast. We'll say it again. That's what really – because you, you're, you're going to win something eventually. It's just what's going to happen. And Few's done a great job. Uh, they were 28-8 last year, uh, Gus, in a, in a – I don't know, you'd say an up-and-down year for them maybe? Uh, definitely up <laughs> late, down, early. Yeah, 15-3, and three, tied for first with St. Mary's in the regular season. They opened the season ranked 10, 10th overall. Then they dropped, like you said. Um, but they battled back. They were an 11 seed. They had a big win over Seton Hall, who won the Big East tournament, by the way. Everybody loves Seton Hall going into um, that game. And you know, and I, there's still no perfect. It's not like if you win the conference tournament. You, I've seen teams go in hot and win and hot and lose. But Seton Hall is very popular. Picked up busted brackets. Then three seed Utah. They they beat them, and then they lost in a close game with Syracuse in the Sweet 16, 63-60. Uh, so the first couple guys we have to look at are we love the big guy coming back. We love Shemek Karnowski. Shemek. He is seven one legitimately. He's probably three hundred pounds. It's saying two eighty seven. I'm I'm gonna tack on the thirteen Shemek. Nothing. No disrespect. We love it. I, I wish I was three hundred pounds. I could play center like you do. Uh, he's kind of more athletic than you think, mm-hmm. and he is a defensive force down there for the Zags. Um, he anchors the D, and he is the ultimate throw-it-into-the-big-man, big man. 
Like, you throw it into him, it's probably not coming back out, and it's going to result in some sort of hook or foul, and he's and he shoots it okay from the line. He wants to eat. Get him the ball. Screen the screener just wants one thing. We just want him to be healthy. Mm-hmm. We want him to enjoy the season with his team on Selection Sunday in health and play in the tournament. Mm-hmm. That's something that he did not get the opportunity to do yeah. last year. Yeah. So we're hoping for health for you, uh, Shemek. Uh, uh, good thoughts are with you. Uh, next guy, uh, backcourt guy, Josh Perkins. Sure. Um, so they lose Pangos and Bell, and he was at you know you know Perkins was asked to do so much on the job last mm-hmm. year. He had mm-hmm. to grow up right in front of our eyes. The dude is a little bit of an athletic freak. Um, I, I he's a tiny bit like uh, Sumner from uh, Xavier as far as athleticism yeah. at the point guard Good position. Good comparison. Yeah, um, I like that a lot. Where, where they can just do a whole bunch of things that you don't expect a normal point guard or traditional point guard to do. Mm-hmm. Um, but I bet Few finds a way to put him and William Nigel Goss on the floor together. Sure. Uh, split the ball handling duties in some fashion. And if you can play both those guys in the backcourt together with like kicking out to Matthews on the three, that, that, that sounds that sounds pretty good to me. Definitely. And and that's how Few gets the job done. So he picks a couple select newcomers to stay involved. Perkins last year was 10.9 points in conference and 46% from the three. So he's there with those guys learning, and now he's mm-hmm. going to take more of a leadership role. Yeah. Uh, last guy, we mentioned him a little bit earlier, Jonathan Williams, transfer from Missouri. Big guy down low. Um, they needed a little bit of size to make up for the loss of Wilcher and Sabonis. Uh, and Williams is just what they needed. Um, he put up big numbers in the uh, SEC, and we know the pattern with red shirt big men at Gonzaga, right? So let's—I yeah. don't know why we wouldn't expect big things from him, uh, like we saw from Wilcher um, uh, after his red shirt season. And he put up big numbers, and he was in the running for the player player of the year, yeah. uh, and for All American status. So I don't think I may, Jonathan Williams maybe isn't going to get there, but you would ex- expect success. And Fuse had transfers, but I think having Goss transferred from Washington, Williams transferred from Missouri, Jordan Matthews transferring from Cal, he's got transfers across the board. That's going to be unique for them. And if one of the games I look forward to the most is the St. Mary's-Gonzaga games. I make a point to tape them. I try to stay up to watch them. It's a great mid-major battle. Don't sleep on those games, people. I'm just going to stay up and watch it. I'm just I'm just banking on that day, waking up tired the next morning after watching a great game. No doubt. Uh, next place we'll go is uh, back to the Big East. Sure. We mentioned Butler, but we also want to mention Xavier. Maybe they can get out of like this Cinderella uh, term and just be mentioned like with the big schools. It's kind of like when Gonzaga went through. I feel like they're at the beginning a little bit. Yeah. Um, Do you feel like they're Do you feel like they're in the Sweet Sixteen almost every year? Yeah, and then they don't get respect, and then they do get respect, and they underachieve. I remember one of those. You know, we're gonna have a segment, folks, on the screen, the screener podcast called Fishy Lines. You know, you get those those point spreads out there, and sometimes it doesn't make sense. I remember that one. That was Xavier Villanova, middle of the year last year. Xavier favored by one. We started laughing. I mean, it just didn't make any sense. Villanova Correct. was number one in the country. Yeah, yeah I, I feel like they're just not respected for some reason, like Gonzaga wasn't. And now they've been here so many times. Now it goes from underrated to almost, if you don't win, it's expected, when a lot of these major schools haven't won that much. It, it, it's this weird dichotomy that they're working through and – we just think Xavier should just be mentioned with like the best teams uh, every year, like the top 15 teams sure. every year. That's how good we feel like they are. And last year they had the two seed in that jammed up bracket. I mean, you had, you had UNC, you had Kentucky in there, you had Indiana in there, you had mm-hmm. West Virginia in there. I mean, that, that, that bracket was just a jam-packed. And then they got Bronson, Bronson Koenig. 
the corner jumper yep. uh, totally sunk them. Uh, if that if that shot hits the rim, maybe it's UNC and Xavier for the Final Four. Yeah, that's maybe a, they're in the tournament. Maybe you, they're maybe in the final game. You got it. They had a very strong year last year, and they bring a lot back. Chris Max in his eighth season. They were twenty eight and six overall, fourteen and four in the Big East, second behind of course Villanova national champs. They got as high as five multiple times during the year ranking. Mm-hmm. They beat Marquette big. Then they had an eighty seven to eighty three loss to Seton Hall in the Big East semis. They cruised in the tournament, and then that tough battle with Bronson Koning from the corner for three. 66-63, but they have a lot of guys back. Let's hear about them. Uh, so first place we want to go is just Bill Murray. We think Bill Murray's just going to be happy with this season again. I bet we spot him in the stands somewhere at a big game. Nice. Uh, can't wait to see. Can't wait to see uh, Bill Murray wearing his Xavier gear. Uh, first guy we're going to take a look at is Trayvon Blewett, uh, big NBA ish guard, six six, shoots at almost like forty from three. Uh, like uh, Coach Greenberg likes to say, he's a tough guard. Mm-hmm. Just a tough guard. Tough guard. Uh, and then we brought uh, we brought this point guard up earlier, uh, Edmund Summer. He's just another huge guard. He's mm-hmm. like six six, yeah. uh, six five. We, I feel like he's got a smidgen of John Wall in him, where he's almost like too fast for his own good. That's twenty six points per game coming back in the backcourt. That's how you win in March, folks. Uh, and. And throw in, um, throw in their growth, and if, if if Summer can almost calm down or downshift just a bit and retain like the explosiveness uh, that makes him really special, he's going to be one of my favorite players to watch this year. And Xavier's is going to be exciting throughout the season. One of my favorites on the team. You want to talk about him, Miles Davis? <laughs> Love him. I just he's got a moxie. Yeah, I was watching. I was in football the other day. Devonta Freeman had a big win. I, I know we're going to go across yeah, sports. Yeah, cross sports. Uh, the Falcons won in Denver. Every time Devonta Freeman got, he was just an angry guy, and it felt like you were getting all. I, I feel the same way with Miles Davis. He's passionate. I'd like to see that on the court. One of my favorite players in the country. He's he's very vocal, and he's one of those glue tough guys that yeah. you need. And that, not on sports, no. Like just passionate about the game. I, I like I love those type of guys. Uh, yeah, can't you see them just like chucking it to him on the wing and him sinking a big three at some point? Yeah, I, and I'll tell you another game you want to mark on your calendar is Villanova and Xavier again because they're going to be ready for the national champ. Yes, please. Fox Sports, dial it up. Nice. Um, last place that we'll go for our little Cinderellas is a team that had the makings last year but just had the worst luck ever, um, Rhode Island. The injuries killed the Rams oh, last year. Devastated. Just killed them. Um, E.C. Matthews totally reminds me of C.J. McCollum. Great score. Great, and great score. Since, yep. since we're throwing our money, like C.J. McCollum just signed a $100 million contract. Cha-ching. Oh, my goodness gracious. Got to um, get that sound bite for the next podcast. I think that, that yeah. Right. Can we break up the soundboard? Sound yeah, yeah, have like the cash register. We'll bring that back. The loyal listeners, you'll, this is where you heard it first. It's coming. Cash register drawer closing uh, for C.J. McCollum. Mm-hmm. Um, and we like Hassan Martin. He's like the perfect college uh, power forward. And they both have something to prove in the conference, but also in the nation, because both of them were beset with injuries last year. Yeah. Um, Matthews was a killer. Yeah, uh, really Matthews was. totally has NBA size. He's got NBA skills. Everybody, everybody, please send good vibes to the health gods for this guy. He should play in March. Think of like uh, R.J. Hunter. Sure. Okay. Yeah. Like that good, yeah. that special, that NBA type talent. Ron, could, you want your chair back? Could win a game in the tournament all by himself because he's that good. Sure. Um, and Hassan Martin bangs it in the A10. He 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 just outworks people. He destroys people. He is so tough. Um, he is that type of guy that EC needs to like 
get his back and ride shotgun. Yeah, they nine and nine in conference. Hurley's fifth season is this year. Seventh in the A ten, seventeen and fifteen overall. Uh, lost in that seven ten game in the A ten tournament. But right now they are mentioned among the top teams in the A ten with VCU and Dayton. So Rhode, Rhode Island, the Roadies are going to be a team to be reckoned with this year. A uh, ten, please be careful. You've been warned by Screen the Screener. Yeah. Uh, do you want to hit another group of uh, four teams? Yeah, let's hit one more. Okay, yeah. great. All right, so last place that will go to these group of teams overlooked a touch, but then again, when are they really overlooked, right? So the first place that we'll go to with this group of teams, and we're kind of scratching at our top ten here a little bit, um, not quite there yet. Uh, first place, we're just going to go to the Hall of Fame. Izzo is Izzo. He should be in the Hall of Fame. Every year. Um, do you do you have any thoughts quickly on, uh, on Izzo? Uh, yeah, I, listen, uh, Tom, we have to get you on this podcast because we have been, our lives have been devoted to this NCAA tournament. We know how great you are. We appreciate what you do every single year. Mateen's championship, Final Four with every senior class. Um, and shockingly, last year was the year where they finally got bit by the Cinderella. They always avoided it. And if they played UVA, they owned them for some reason. But last year they got bit. I couldn't believe it. Uh, so what we want to take a uh, show, you know, major props to Izzo. We love him as a coach. We think he's an amazing motivator, amazing person. Twenty um, second season this year. Holy smokes! Doesn't even seem like it. Um, so the first place will go, Miles Bridges. Like, haven't you? Like, I know he had Denzel last year, and Denzel blew mm-hmm. up and had mm-hmm. this amazing season, right? But didn't you ever wonder, like, what would what would Izzo do? If he got one of these guys, like right. one of these one and done, like top level talent yep. guys, yep. Guess what? He's got He's one. He's got one. He got one. Um, Bridges will wow us with like follow up dunks and a whole bunch of special moments like that. He may not have the green light from three that Denzel and Forbes had. He's going to have to earn it. Yeah. Um, but he is a Flint guy. I mean, we know the history of Flint guys at Michigan State. Yep. And um, we think that he's just going to do unbelievably special things as a freshman. And I think Izzo is going to give him more time, more space, and more responsibility than he normally would for a freshman. Yeah, definitely. Uh, next guy we want to take a look at is Joshua Lankford. Big league guard, legitimate mid-game range. They like, have some good players coming in Michigan State. What a recruiting class. He did a great job. Yeah, I mean, I, I know – I don't know if he he anticipated Forbes leaving too, but right. imagine if he was back too. Uh, yeah, wow. you know me. I want him to stay, Gus, but, I, you know, I get it. But uh, We think Lankford will be on the floor just as much for his O – as for his D, yep. he's got that you know that that length that can cover multiple positions, and he's he's solid in the mid game, like that old man YMCA game a little bit. Like he's going to hit that seventeen foot jumper mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. and back you down a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the last guy again, another transfer that we bring up, but this was like a, a high level to high level transfer. Uh, Aaron Harris, he can sneak. He's going to sneak up on a couple guys this year. Yeah, I think people forgot that he's there. I mean, he was on that team last year. He played a role. He averaged just under 10 points a game. Um, he was a huge scorer for hugs at West Virginia, 17-plus points per game, and he can shoot it from deep. I think this year he'll have a little bit of a breakout year and be a little bit of a leader. Yeah, he, he played very well and came on throughout the year. It's like the third scorer, for, like the third tenor. Yeah. You can never know the third tenor. Remember that mm-hmm. Seinfeld? I know, who's the third guy? Same thing here. I don't. He is going to be a very, very good player for them. He was very impressive last year. Can make shots. Learned. Watched Denzel Forbes as well. He, Harris is an impact player in this league, no doubt. Um, 
29-6 overall, Gus, 13-5 in the Big Ten Conference. They were ranked number one for six consecutive weeks until they went to Iowa with no Denzel and lost. Um, everyone expected a typical magic, right? And then after another big uh, big conference title with a 66-62 uh, win over Purdue, which was a tough game, but they did you know, put it away um, in the Big Ten. They ended up suffering a 90-81 defeat at the hands of Middle Tennessee State with... Giddy. Giddy pots. Yes, thank you very much. Great game. Though. And, I'll tell you, and if you were watching that game, we were. You knew within the first minute and a half this it was, was going to be, be a tight game. It just had the feel. It had the buzz. It had the really. But I still thought they would pull it out. But it had a feel of we're covering the spread. Right? And, and it, you know what? That really brought to light a little bit. is like somebody that would never get any props anywhere, Kermit Davis. Like, yeah. great underrated yes. coach, yeah. um, had an unbelievable game plan, had his guys execute it, and he will be remembered for that upset for years to come at Middle Tennessee State and just every March. Great game. Like, people are going to bring his name up all the time. It's the one team, the one big team that you saw not losing. Yes, yes, that was going to, like, avoid that noise. Especially when, they, if they had lost in the conference tournament, I get it a little bit, but they won the conference tournament like they always do, and you just figure they go in their run and we'll see you in the Final Four. Uh, also, they had the, the caveat of, like, oh, we have Denzel, like, one of the yes, top three the players BS, in the yes. country. Yeah, so. Yeah. Uh, next place will go, overlooked a touch, but then again, of course, has to be UNC. Oof. We got old Roy. He's going to wait out these uh, NCAA sanctions. I think they're going to be able to play. They'll be eligible. Um, and he has a big core of players back. A lot of them in the backcourt. Yeah. Um, we love Nate Britt. He scoots around mm-hmm. back there. Mm-hmm. Uh, unbelievable menace on defense. I just tend to love any player that has a zero, right? I feel like the zero players are always good. I don't know. Oh, sorry. Orlando Woolbridge? Yeah. Gilbert Arenas? All right. Good. <laughs> uh, love Joel Berry. Uh, we bet he goes off this year. Uh, I don't know if he's going to be a first team uh, all um, first team all league player, but we just bet he has a gigantic year. Love Joel Berry. And uh, don't forget Justin Jackson is back too. Yeah, versatile he's like, guy. Uh, he's just that big, long, 6'8 ish, uh, long arms, can defend multiple positions, jacket from three. Um, and then they have the UNC typical. Throw it into the big man, Kennedy Meeks and Isaiah Hicks, right? You think of uh, Sean May or Hansborough or somebody like that. Yeah, Yeah. like, oh, okay, Uh, delayed break. Okay, here they come down. Okay, toss it into them when they post, uh, when they they step in and post and they turn and score and get fouled. Sure. Um, And then uh, I bet Theo Pinson, D's up Grayson Allen. Yeah, very good. um, Get some big minutes to play. Defense on the other team's offensive wings, which in you know in the ACC there's wings all over the place, um, and as always UNC will be and we out yeah. let's roll, um, and they actually have another big man coming in who they can toss it down to who'll be tough finding time with Meeks and Hicks, um, but Tony Bradley he's six ten he's big he's athletic he moves around he can actually jump he's not like one of these big lumbering guys mm-hmm. so I bet he finds a, a crease of playing time in there as well. Um, so we think like UNC, you think, uh, you know, maybe they'll have a little bit of a down year, but we don't think they will. They'll be right there. You yeah. know, when I was when I was researching UNC, ready for this? How long you think, who do you, where do you think Roy Williams was longer coach? He was coaching longer. Kansas or UNC? I mean, you, you would, I, you say Kansas, but now the answer is? Uh, it's He's entering his 14th season and he was at Kansas for 15 years. Wow. So it's almost equal, right? I still associate him with Kansas. 30 years at those two yeah, schools. That's wow. the 14th season. 33 and 7 overall, 14 and 4, first place regular season ACC, won the ACC tournament over Virginia. 
Um, they were number one for a while, got knocked off by Northern Iowa, but they got back to number three. Then they lost to Shaka at Texas, um, but entered the season very hot as a number two team, rolled through the tournament, big double-digit wins over Florida Gulf Coast, not easy, Providence, Indiana, ND, and Syracuse before that epic 77-74 loss in the championship. Yeah, if you look at their lineup of teams that they beat, like they, they earned it. Yeah. They totally earned getting to that final. And they think about it. Think of Paige's shot. Yeah. Like that shot is almost as epic as Jenkins' shot. I'll argue, no offense, Chris, we hope to have you on the podcast, Jenkins, but I will tell you, I think the Paige shot is tougher because if Paige misses, they've lost. If Jenkins misses, although that shot is phenomenal, Bill, no offense, it's tied. It's I feel like that paid shot was that is a double clutch pump three. Well guarded. And didn't you just feel like they were gonna take the game over and it just ran out of time? And it never happened. And Paige made that they, and I agree with what he said on the court where you saw his lips. We go to overtime, we get one stop, we're gonna win. Didn't you feel like if there was another possession in that game? Like, they were just scored on the next yeah, possession. Yeah. Like, that's a feeling I got also. Like, you didn't want that game to run out. You wanted them to have another possession because you knew they were going to do something good with it or but, something magical. But then we wouldn't hear Grant Hills, Jenkins, watch Jenkins, and there he is letting it go. Yeah, he played a little uh, crystal ball fortune teller. We got to hope to get Jay right on the podcast because I just want to ask him, how did you not react? I mean, I'm jumping around. I'm not even out of the game. Cool. Um, so cool. Cucumber. So cool. Good for him. Great win for Villanova. One of the, maybe one of the greatest championship game we'll ever see, possibly. Uh, definitely one of the greatest endings, if not the greatest ending. Um, thank you, UNC. Thank you, Villanova, for that unbelievable pleasure of watching that game. Awesome. Uh, last place we'll go? Sure. Yeah. All right, let's hit up uh, UCLA. Yep. Sound good? A mm-hmm. uh, little bit of a down year last year, but you feel like, yeah, then again, it's UCLA, right? Of course. Um, so they just went to another 16, right? Is that what's supposed to happen? That's kind of what he's been doing there? Like, even though... Uh, uh, things haven't been exactly going according to plan. Uh, yeah, we think that that's possible this year. Um, so the first place I think we're going to go with UCLA has to be the coach's son, mm-hmm. um, Bryce Alford. Huge numbers from uh, from Bryce. He has the fearlessness that you love. He will take a step back three at Arizona, down it last year. He or, had, or two years ago in the NCAA tournament and was goaltended by SMU. Look, Sorry. Look, that was a touchy one, folks. Sorry. He, he takes and, <laughs> and makes big shots. Just let it drop. Sorry. Um, sorry. Um, you know what I think he's going to do this year? I think he's going to do the same thing again. I think he's going to hit like some game winners in the Pac-12 for yeah. them this year. Yeah, he's going to put a big number. Big-time clutch player. Um, uh, we like Aaron Holiday. Solid freshman season. Um, he definitely will share the ball handling uh, – uh, responsibilities with Alfred, um, but then if you're going to talk ball handlers in UCLA, you got to bring up the freshman Alonzo Ball. Yep, mm-hmm. um, super do everything fresh, six six, like NBA ready guard. Um, I bet Alfred tries to find a way to play all three of these guys a ton together, and then if you have those three guys on the court at the same time, it's like you have three major league ball handlers. Very true. Um, and then you know who they're going to give the ball to. Isaac Hamilton. Of course. Isaac Hamilton averaged 17 points a game. Talent will not be a problem for UCLA. No, and he, and he does a good job. Um, they're, they're, they're at the top of the conference with Arizona and Oregon. Um, you're going to forget about them last year because they were 15-7 and seven overall, 6-12 and 12 in conference, 10th in the Pac-12. Um, they did beat Arizona at home. You talked about that. So they did have a nice win. But they were got their doors blown off in the Pac-12 tournament, 95-71 by USC. So... 
Um, they're under the radar. No one's thinking about them. It's still UCLA guys. It's still Wooden. It's still the the history. Uh, you got to, and they, he has talent. They're going to be an issue. I, I was thinking even with those four guys that we listed right there, like that could be a roster from UNC. Yep. It could be a roster from Duke year. Uh, so that's UCLA's roster. So they have talent there. And we didn't even mention Thomas Welch, mm-hmm. who we love. Big man down Big low. T- yeah, absolutely. Does the dirty work. Dirty work. Elbow grease. Yeah. So under, five, under 500 will not fly again for UCLA. And Bill Walton will be extremely upset. If they go under 500 and don't make the tournament, again yeah, they got to start scoring. They're always good in defense. Alford does a great job with that, but they got to start putting some some points on the board. He has the talent to do it this year. Uh, so, listeners, we were I think we're going to wrap up our preview there, and then we'll come back with our top 10 ish uh, and some other news and notes and nuggets uh, with the following podcast. Uh, but we wanted to thank everybody for tuning in, dialing us up, subscribing reviewing however you manipulate your iTunes. We're thankful for for that manipulation and for your ears listening in. And we hope that you guys have a little bit more knowledge, a little bit more information, a little bit more intelligence. Uh, And you uh, feel confident that you can talk about any of the things that we were discussing with you today. Yeah, I I hope you enjoyed it, folks. We love talking about it. We'll get to our top 10 next podcast. You can follow me at Fantasy Warrior Mike, F-T-S-Y Warrior Mike on Twitter. We actually have a a Twitter handle for the podcast, uh, S-T-H-E-S, Screen the Screener, so S-T-H-E-S podcast on Twitter as well. We were thinking uh, instead of you typing out Screen the Screener every time, we're just trying to think, you know, ease. So go S the S. Economy of effort to follow us on Twitter. Folks, we're going to be on YouTube and Instagram as well. We'll have this episode up there. And again, if you like us, please rate us at iTunes. Uh, For Gus Kearns, I'm Mike Randall. We'll see you next time, folks. Uh, I have one question for you. Sure. Does Shemek Karnowski like to screen? Uh Oh, I think Shemek Karnowski likes to screen the screener. Thanks for listening, everybody. Thanks, folks. Thanks a lot. We'll see you next time. 